Navigating the intersection of one's personality and marriage is a priority when attempting to increase communication. Instead of finding constant fault and misunderstanding, thoroughly exploring your spouse's personality could lead you both to discovering how God created you uniquely. And that uniqueness can reveal how one can become their spouse's best complement. This is Together. This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways that marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Samuel Jones and Dr. Kelly Bonniewell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Together. This is, again, your host, uh, Samuel Jones with uh, Dr. Kelly Bonnewell. And uh, we are excited to talk about the intersectionality of personality and marriage. Who knew that there were such a uh, magnificent aspect of marriage where we need to pay attention to in personality? It impacts a lot of what we do, a lot of who we become and how that interacts with our spouses. So uh, Kelly has been hinting at this for for a couple episodes now. You can tell he's really excited. Um, This is uh, something that he is superbly competent in. (laughs) Right, Kelly? This is is the area, man, for you where you love talking to couples about. Because I remember you talked to me and my wife about it, and it has changed the course of our marriage. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, this podcast, Samuel, I'm really excited for because I think uh, person that the topic of personality is such a huge one when it comes to marriage. And I think a lot of couples don't understand those dynamics and they get caught in some negative cycles because of it. Yeah. Uh, and so, it, you know, actually, if I'm working with a couple uh, who comes in for counseling, this is where I start. I start by talking about the differences in personality and growth and all that good stuff. Gotcha. This is awesome. Um, I know that, you know, when I was a student in, 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 in seminary, you know, we always talked about, you know, the person who was most influential in regards to, to, uh, psychology and this, and that is, you know, you think about psychoanalytic theory and that's Freud, but, is there someone that's even more uh, influential in the process of understanding personality? You are a smart young man. <laughs> yes, there definitely is somebody who is more influential in psychology. And most people don't know him, know, know of him. Uh, and his name is Gordon Allport. And uh-huh. Gordon Allport, a little bit of background about Gordon. Gordon grew up on a farm in Indiana. And, ba- and this is in the early 1900s. And in, in the early 1900s, if you wanted to study psychology, you went to Harvard. And huh. Harvard was all about Freud. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gordon and his brother went to Harvard and they studied. And uh, I won't go into the details of the story, but Gordon met Freud. And after meeting him, he realized he no longer believed in psychoanalytic theory. And so, again, one way you got to think about this, psychology is a blank slate sure. in the early 1900s for the most part in terms of psychology. And uh, Allport came up with a theory, which we use all the time. We use it in life. We use it in business. We use it in marriage. We use it in parenting. And that is Gordon Allport came up with a theory of personality, that we all have unique personalities. Mm. And so uh, it doesn't sound really monumental, but it's something that we use all the time. Hey, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? Sure. Uh, And so all those type of dynamics. Interesting. So this this Gordon Allport, who I for some reason don't feel like I learned about him in school. <laughs> you always hear about Freud. Um, he came up with these aspects of personality from what you're saying. Um, but then how does that get us to this thing called the disc? Yeah, we're going to talk about the disc. So the disc is a personality instrument uh-huh. that comes out of Freud's or Freud. <laughs> Sorry for the Freudian slip. Comes out of Allport's work. Okay. And, uh, but 
a little bit of a history lesson. So Allport is coming up with these thoughts about personality in the 30s and the 40s. And then along comes a guy named William Moulton Marston. Ah. Say that 17 times fast. (laughs) William Moulton Marston. And uh, William Moulton Marston, two fun facts about William Moulton Marston. Uh, Number one, he is the guy who invented the lie detector test. And then the other one, which is a far left from the lie detector test, is he created the character of Wonder Woman. Get out of town. Yes. You like comics, don't you, Sam? I I love comics. And Wonder Woman is a a great comic because it allows me to teach my daughter about how she can become a superhero one day. There you go. (laughs) And didn't a Wonder Woman movie just come out? It did. It was was pretty good. It came out on... uh, HBO Max. <laughs> cool. So William Moulton Marston came up with uh, with uh, Wonder Woman. But then he came up with a third thing, and he came up with the DISC personality assessment, which we're, we're going to detail for you what that means, because some of you are like, I have no idea what that means. Um, but the DISC, he came up with the DISC, and then uh, in ensuing decades, it got refined. So his uh-huh. DISC test is different than the one we have now, but it built off of Allport and then Marston. And then there's this guy named Walter Clark. And then there's a guy named John Grayer. And they, um, they finalized what we now call the disc personality assessment. Got you. Got you. So this is, see, I hope our listeners are listening. This is a great history lesson of the disc. So that way you're like, what is this thing that he's telling us we should take? Uh, but I also think just, just learning about the individuals who made it gives us a, gives us context to why it can be so important for us. Uh, I, I know that, you know, with the disc, Kelly, you um, actually uh, proctored it for myself and my wife. And it was very uh, revelational <laughs> in a sense of this aspects that we did not necessarily have a have a thumb on in regards mm-hmm. to, you know, how our personalities intersected, at least at least knowing like verbatim what that meant. And, and I think that has helped us. And I know some of the positives for me for taking the disc, you know, just to make it personal has been, you know, it has allowed me and my wife to create some level of a common language, right? Mm. You know, being able to, you know, say, hey, so um, I see that you are struggling with A, B, or C. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I am struggling with A, B, or C. Um, but I see that also you have a strength in it. And maybe you can help me grow in this area and, and utilize that. You know, that's just an example. And I'm not saying too much of what it is because my wife may get me. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I know some other positives include, you know, it, it just helps us kind of easily understand other assessments um, and how they interact with us. You know, taking the DISC has provided a level of clarity for us, especially when we're taking just, you know, other things to help us understand each other. It gives us just, again, a common language. Um, when we took it, there was there was this aspect of you didn't feel like, OK, I'm a man taking this um, or my wife feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm a woman taking this. There wasn't a gender bias. And mm-hmm. with my wife being older than me, I also didn't feel like, OK, she had to be this all proficient, knowledgeable individual by the time she got done with it. So it also meant that there was no age bias with this test, which is important um, when you're taking a test like this. You know, I felt like when I when I walked away, we could use it for like conflict resolution. You know, we could use it for our business and, and you know, our, our entrepreneurial pursuits. And additionally, um, as as a therapist, you know, I really felt like I could use this with my clients, um, maybe those who were dealing with, you know, marital um, issues and, and really could use it to help consult with them to help them understand themselves. I think those things were really important. Um, and from my takeaways in terms of other things, I think just people, you know, when you take the disc, I think other positives can potentially include, you know, really helping you if you're a person dating, which we'll get mm-hmm. into a podcast about that later. If you're a person dating, like being able to pick your best partner, I think that's a really important thing. In addition to, you know, being able to understand more about just your behavior, because how your behavior is, is going to impact others. Right. That's and, right. Yeah. And and I think that uh, those things are just really superbly important. And, and I think the last one I'll leave us with in terms of just positives is that 
you know, I think going back to the context of marriage, which we're talking about today, there's this aspect where, you know, when you first initially take it, obviously you're going to be on one spectrum or the other, you know, depending on where you're at in your marriage, you know, you'll be like, Hey, started taking this disc, maybe year one of our marriage, or maybe year seven, this is where we're at. I'm a SC, my wife's a DI, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But over time, um, the encouragement that I've heard you say to several is that you should take this thing again. And the result of taking it again is that you'll, you may begin to see some alterations in your score from the first time you took it. And the reason that is, is because you're in a sense, counterbalancing your, your spouse and that you're growing and they're growing to complement areas that you may have been weak in with the areas that they may have been strongest because you're merging together as a couple. That's perfect, Samuel. And you're hitting on a really important element of personality when it comes to marriage in that the Bible says Mm. about marriage, the two shall become one. So as you referenced, I'm a DI on the disc. My wife, Julie, is an SC on the disc. Mm. And we've been married 26 years. And we, I've become more of an SC person, and Julie has become more of a DI person. And that's what you want to happen in marriage. I mean, it's even kind of like this vision that the Bible has uh, for, for marriage. So, sure. you know, let's, let's begin to do a little bit of a deep dive in this. So, and this, for those listeners who like to take notes, this might be a podcast you want to take notes on because there's going to be a lot of content. And most importantly, we're going to go over the specifications of the disc. So maybe you can figure out who you are. There are some online uh, versions of the disc that you can take for free. Um, But also there uh, is electronic versions and paper versions that you can take and pay for. And we will leave some uh, links for those items in the show notes. So with the disc, as a start, Samuel, here's the crazy thing. I've done a lot of marriage counseling and I've given the disc to a lot of couples. In fact, I I think I've given it to the majority of the couples I've ever met with because I just believe in this dynamic so much. Sure. So one of the elements is that in first marriages, we're not going to talk about second marriages, but in first marriages, almost always, and this is so uncanny, it's so weird to see it time after time, polar opposites are attracted to one another, and even to the point that you'll see it on the disc. So again, I'm a DI, Julie is an SC, we are polar opposites in personality. And guess what? Samuel, reiterate again, what are you? What are you? Who is Tova? Right. Yeah, I'm an SC and she's a DI. I <laughs> know. So, and that's not always how it will go. You can sometimes find people who are the D and the C quality or the I and the S. And again, we'll get into those specifics here in a second. Sure. So, now I will say this. So, 85, I would say it's about 85% of first marriages you will find if a couple takes the disc, they'll come out as polar opposites. Okay. And about 15% of the time, you'll find some similarities between the couples. And when you have that, um, which maybe we can talk about this in more detail in a later podcast, you have to find outside influences where you are, quote unquote, weak on the disc. Ah, okay. Okay. So, so you're saying then that um, in the arena of marriage, if you find yourselves too similar, in certain aspects of personality, the areas where you need to find compliments are maybe outside of the context of marriage. And it's really meant to just strengthen your marriage and make sure that your intersection of personality actually, uh, in a sense, complements itself. Correct. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you, and we're, we're kind of teasing out some stuff. I worked with a couple recently who 
took the disc and they didn't have a lot of I in between the two of them. Okay. So the I is called the influencer. And we'll go into a little bit more detail about this, but uh, two characteristics of the I are um, eyes are very, very friendly and talkative. Okay. Okay. And so with this, with this couple that I'm working with, they're both very kind of introverted and don't talk very much. So they're going to need to find that influence outside of their marriage just because it's not innate within their personalities. So one of the things about marriage that is really important for couples to realize is that marriage reveals the real you. Uh, All the good stuff, all the bad stuff, the real you comes out in a marriage because marriage is literally your most intimate relationship. Yeah. And so uh, there's a great verse about that. And from first Timothy, it says here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance Christ came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. That verse has always intrigued me because Paul wrote that verse. And for me, Paul is one of the most godly people in all of scripture. Yet in this verse, he says he is the worst of sinners. Mm -hmm. And so what I think he's saying is that, Samuel, I got some bad news. You are the worst of sinners, and I am the worst of sinners, and Julie is the worst of sinners. So essentially, with marriage, what you're doing is you're putting these two worst of sinners and telling them, now, go ahead and love one another. (laughs) Okay? Yeah. So on that level, and the cool thing about the disc is it literally can point out where you need to grow as a person which we'll get to that in a second here. Gotcha. Uh, but you're, you got to realize your spouse is the most important person who can help you grow. And, uh, and, and again, the disc shows you where you can grow. It points out where you're strong and it pro- points out also your weak areas. Uh, and so uh, one way to think about this, when we are dating and again, you got to remember, everybody who's dating are dating their opposite most of the time. Sure. When you are dating, you really like your opposite. But then when you get married, you don't like that they're different than you. And that's where couples begin to fight. What happens mm-hmm. is uh, couples begin to attack their couple or their spouse where they are strong. And it becomes a vicious cycle. Now, now pause. Wait a second. So, I got I got to zero back in something. So, in dating, often you're attracted to your opposite. But once you cross the sands of marriage, once you jump the broom, as they say in some cultures, right? You then, in communicating with your spouse, in many cases, begin to attack. The other person's strength. Why, why do we do that? That's a great question. I'll spell it out in real time of how it happened or happened sometimes with Julie and I. Sure. So when Julie and I were dating, remember, Julie's an SC. So an SC is kind of a quiet, in the background type of person. But one of the elements of an S, and Julie's very strong in the S, is they're not very decisive. Um, and so when we were dating, Mm -hmm. I liked it because you got to remember on the flip side, I'm a D and D's are very decisive. Mm -hmm. So the D and the S are polar opposites. And, uh, and then the I and the C are polar opposites as well. So when we were dating, I loved that we, that I got to make all the decisions. But then after I was married for a while, I wanted Julie to be more decisive. Ah, okay. And guess what? On the flip side, on the negative for me, she wanted me to be less decisive. She she didn't, you know, she didn't want me to be so controlling, a control freak. (laughs) That makes, that makes a ton of sense. So in it, you know, 
expectations, and it kind of goes back to the point we were making earlier, is that, you know, if you were to first, let's just say you took the disc when you were dating, you want to see a change in discourse of how the person you're potentially going to be with for the rest of your life is changing along with you. And in changing along with you, expectations change, understanding changes. It's not necessarily that our personality is changing, it's that it's adjusting to the person that it's supposed to complement who we are. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, I guess this this aspect of, you know, getting into the disc now, um, you know, you, you've mentioned this DI. Uh, what is the D? Okay. Yeah, I'll go into that. Before yeah. I jump into that, I want to make one more comment about this that's oh, really sure. important. And that is, in an earlier podcast, we talked about John Gottman. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. John Gottman... Uh, was a prof- is a professor at the University of Washington, and he has studied marriages for 40 years easily. And he is the expert in the field, in the world, because he has studied marriages for so long. And he came up with this. He said, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the aspects that eventually leads to divorce and say, in fact, he says he can watch a couple, and if he sees it, he knows that couple's on shaky ground. Sure. And that is, uh, if you are overly critical of your partner's personality, meaning the strengths of their personality, then that could be a determiner of divorce. Mm-hmm. So now <clears throat> we'll jump in, and I'm going to talk about the D and the I. And Samuel's going to talk about the S and the C. And so to begin, uh, one way to think about this, the D and the I, uh, two words people often use for the D and the I are dominant and influencing. Mm -hmm. And with the D and the I, these people are extroverted and they do things fast. They talk fast. Uh, they just do things quickly, whereas S and Cs are typically introverts and they do things slowly. They're processors. Samuel is a processor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and so that's why, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit more. Uh, you can actually a person can actually be based off of the disc, introverted and extroverted, if they're pulling from both of those categories. Like you can have uh, a person who is an I and an S, and that person can be extroverted and introverted. They can, they they are kind of balanced in that way. So let's jump in. The D. I am a D. Ds are very direct. They're strong-willed and they're very forceful people. They like to control. Uh, they like power. They like prestige. They like authority. They like individual accomplishment. Um, They are very challenging people. Um, And one one important thing, every time Samuel and I are using an adjective for one of these aspects of the disc, they can both be positive and negative. Okay. So... Samuel, how can a controlling person be positive and negative? Wow. How can a controlling person be positive and negative? Uh, I guess a positive is that, you know, they would probably make sure, you know, certain aspects of things are done in an efficient and effective manner, right? You know, when Mm -hmm. I think of the positive side of control, on the negative side of control, it may be put, it may be off-putting to people, um, in the way that they, you know, put something together or in the way that they may, you know, cause something to come to, you know, fruition through a decision that they made. You know, they might not, they may be asking a certain type of question, but there's other questions that a person like me would be like, well, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. And they may be like, I don't want to think about that. This is, we're going to go this way because it's the way I see things going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. So a D, again, a D is, you can think of a lot of D words. They get things done. They're decisive. Sure. And um, and so that 
is kind of an overview of the D. They're they're very uh, the the bottom line is very important to D's. But again, uh, you, it, with some of these words, especially if you're not a D, you'll look mm-hmm. at some of these words and go, "That doesn't sound very nice." Because as one aspect, D's are not they they can be mean when they're very stressed. A uh, couple of uh, couple of recommendations if you are married to a D, and that is uh, you respect is a very important thing for a D person, and so in uh, another aspect, focus on facts and ideas with them. They're they're very facts facts oriented. Um, another thing, have evidence to support uh, your your argument with them. Uh, big one, big one. Ask what, not how. Uh, like uh, what what can I do to help you navigate this problem? Um, so talk about the problems that will hinder those accomplishments and show them how they can succeed. So again, uh, D's very strong willed, very, uh, very, uh, dominant and decisive people. Any yeah. thoughts? Cause you're yeah. married to a D, Samuel. I, I, I listen, I, I am, I am. And I guess I'll say this too, just to kind of add to this in my perspective of even my relationship with my wife, there's this aspect where in our relationship, maybe because we've grown over the course of, you know, six, seven years, there are aspects of that I have become more like her. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think of one is, you know, just being very transparent. You know, there's this aspect of me where sometimes I fear uh, uh, being taken advantage of through loss of control. And, and in that, that's a D aspect. But in it, sometimes pieces of me in my dominance or me growing in that, um, that has not always been transparent in how that's correlated into me, into my job or into my business. And I'm reverted back to more being an SC in those areas. Mm -hmm. And so what's shown me is that with dominance and with those traits, you know, some traits that you may have in your relationship may be very well different how they play out in different aspects of your your role as a, as a human, you know, whether it's work or it was with family, different traits might show up. And so what happens in terms of how that correlates back with your spouse, just from what I hear you saying is that your spouse may be like, why are you this way out here doing this with other people, but you're this way with me? Mm-hmm. Like that, that plays a, a huge role. Can you just, in the, in the middle of this, can you just talk about that, how that plays into being a dominant person, how that may change in regards to different intersectionalities of of work and life. No, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, Samuel. And that is whenever I have people take the disc, I tell them it's very important that if you're married, uh, when you're taking the disc, be very mindful of who you are at home with mm-hmm. your spouse and with your kids. Because again, going back to the real you, that is the real you. So in terms of your question, which is interesting. Uh, and I know this for you. There are times in your work at Ada where you have to be a D and an I. Sure. And it's no different with Julie. Julie's an SC as well. And her job uh, really requires her to be a DI. It requires, again, Julie is naturally kind of task oriented and she's excellent at that in her job. Mm-hmm. But she's also, you know, she manages a lot of people. So now she's forced to be an I, and that is she's forced to be relational. Mm-hmm. And and again, that that's the cool thing about all this is it it actually helps and forces you to grow in those uh, in those areas. That doesn't always happen with people. So I'll give mm-hmm. you one example, and then I want you to share a thing or two. Please. And that is. Uh, when it talks, when you're talking about people who have jobs, certain jobs are very like SC focused, and other jobs are very DI focused. So, um, as one example, salespeople—they're almost always I people. 
And so what's happening is just naturally they're an I, but then they go to work and they thrive uh, as being an I and very, very relational because of their sales work. But because of that, they can maybe become imbalanced and, and not grow in the areas of the S or the C or the D where they're, they're maybe not strong. Sure. Sure. I'm, this, this is making a ton of sense. Even though I'm with you proctoring this information, revelations come to me in, in the form of, of just different things that me and my wife and maybe other of our listeners have gone through. For example, uh, you could let, we could play the game. What are we having for dinner today? Mm. <laughs> and then what are we having for dinner today game? In many cases, it's going to be a huge revelation on your personality because in one way, one person's going to be like, oh, you know, hey, they'll ask the question. So what do you want to eat tonight? And, uh, you know, being that my wife would be the one asking me what, being a DI, what do we want to have to eat tonight? I'll be like, oh, you know what? Let's, uh, I, I'm not sure. I really didn't want to pick, but I guess I'll pick uh, Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then she'll be like, ah, no, I don't really want Taco Bell. Uh huh. <laughs> You've been here, right? You've been here, oh, right, Kelly? All the time. <laughs> and then you go back and forth, and then you know, at the end of the day, um, what's so funny and we're, as we're talking about this intersectionality between work as well is my wife then expects me to understand and operate in what I've been operating all day at work and to just pick and choose. But yet there's this, this internal struggle of, well, if you wanted me to pick and choose what we were going to eat, then why didn't you just suggest it all together instead of asking me what, mm-hmm. and then me choosing and then it getting all, you know, getting turned all around. So I've been there and I'm sure our listeners have been too. It's frustrating. <laughs> But it's it's a way to learn about, you know, aspects of personality. What are we having for dinner tonight? But you know what, Samuel, and we'll talk about the eye here in a second, but you're bringing up a really good point. And that is, if you would have gone and married an SC person, you would have been awful at making decisions (laughs) because neither of you innately have that in your personality. That's just not you. And so... That's one of the things I want listeners to think about. What would it have looked like if you married somebody who has your personality? Now, there would be positives to it, but the negatives would definitely outweigh the positives. Um, So let's keep it moving. So the I. So the I person, uh, a good word for I is influencer. Uh, Eyes are outgoing, they're sociable, they're talkative, they're the life of the party. Um, Again, remember, they're very fast-paced. They do things really fast. They talk fast. Can you hear it in me? (laughs) Um, I'm an I. And uh, their eyes are very, very creative people. Uh, Eyes uh, are typically not very good with money. They're very generous. Uh, uh, I have a funny story. I have a friend who's a very high C and we were working on a project and I just wanted to get it done. And he wanted to measure before we cut about eight different times and we were both frustrating one another. (laughs) So, uh, eyes thrive on popularity and recognition and expressing themselves. And, and again, they're big, big talkers. Uh, they, um, They fear the loss of social approval. Um, And when it comes to questions, they ask who questions. So um, when it comes to uh, a good slogan for an I would be, don't worry, be happy. Do you remember that slogan? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a a song. Um, So with I's, uh, it's important to recognize, just a couple here, recognize their accomplishments. Um, don't spend a lot of time on the details with them, um, and be a good listener. They, they like to talk and, uh, they like to be listened to. And, uh, so, yeah. So with a person that's an influencer, 
you know, first thing, again, you know, sometimes we hearing personalities, we may be a little judgmental at first. When, when I hear influencer and I hear social, I hear lively, I hear people persons, um, the SC in me says, does this person get anything done? <laughs> you know, and so while they love to be recognized for their accomplishments, how do you, especially in marriage, navigate the aspect of, all right, so you're social, but are you, do you care about the task? And how do you navigate that with a person like a, like an I? Okay. Now, Samuel, you're talking about something that we really should hit hard on now. And that is just because like as an I, sure. just because I'm an I, I'm strong as an I, but that means I'm a weak as a C. The I and the C are very, they're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. The D and the S, those are polar opposites. Mm-hmm. So, if you are an I, your growth areas are becoming is to become more like a C. So uh, we'll tease this out a little bit. So I, it, just because you're an I doesn't mean, uh, like especially 25 years ago, I was really imbalanced as an I. Sure. And I've put a lot of focus on literally becoming more like a C. And the cool thing is, I live with a very, very high C. Mm-hmm. So for about 20 years, I've been playing this game, WWJD. Um, what would Julie do? Or <laughs> how right. would Julie do this? Sure. Okay. Uh, stupid one, but it's important to her. And, and so it's become important to me. When I fill the dishwasher, it's not always super organized. It is now because I've really been working on this. But a while ago, I would just throw stuff in. Well, that's not how a C does it. A C does it precisely. And so um, with your area, what I want you to do for our listeners, really look at your opposite. If you're a D, that means you need to become more like an S. You need to be more steady. You need to be more even keeled. You need to actually be more indecisive. And then if you're a C, uh, you need to be more like an I. You need to be more carefree. You need to be more talkative. You need to be more friendly. And that's why I love the disc because it literally spells out where you need to grow. This is awesome. This is great. Uh, Listeners, I hope you are grabbing, you know, so much from this this uh, information that we're sharing so far, especially with the D and the I, we're getting ready to jump into the S and the C. But I think it's so important, Kelly, to to be able to understand how your personality plays out, or what, or why, you know, and and the who piece, and why these things are super important for us in the realm of marriage. I I am always so uh, intrigued, especially looking at couples and navigating, you know. Issues sometimes that they're having when when they're not aware that their personality is playing into sometimes them misunderstanding or miscommunicating with their spouse. And, you know, just talking about the dominance and the influence part that can be uh, supportive for someone who's trying to understand why, you know, they're having mm-hmm. potential issues with with their significant other. So this this S part, you know, I want to. I'm I'm Essie, and so you know it would be helpful that I know a little bit about myself, especially after taking this <laughs> assessment. Um, you you hinted at it. It's it's steady, right? It's a person who's more on the introverted and reserved slide, and someone who's more moderately or slow paced in regards mm-hmm. to how they live their life. Um, when I think of steady, I think of a person that is many in many cases very gentle, soft hearted. They're accommodating to those around them um, and in, in regards to what they do. And I think that in it, it's important to note that, you know, a person that's steady in many cases, they're going to be very sympathetic and cooperative. You know, they're, they're like the team players. They're the Scotty Pippins, the Dennis Rodmans and so on to the Michael Jordans, 
<laughs> you great know, analogy. In my realm. We love if you, you know, know about basketball. If you know about basketball. Otherwise, you know, if you're more of a, a Dawson's Creek fan or a uh, <laughs> or a friends fan, you know, maybe maybe you're the person that not necessarily always taking the lead, but you're helping your your friend, you know, be able to navigate issues. Um, and in this case in marriage, you're the person that's more of the team player. And that just means you're behind, you're behind the scenes. You're working to be consistent and predictable. Maybe you find yourself uh, not actually liking rapid change and conflict, but you often are a person that will be there and listen, you know, to what's going on. Uh, in addition to that, um, I think that being a team player, you know, you're always going to probably find yourself in a place where you're like, listen, I would rather make sure I help keep things stable. And that we can avoid as many changes as possible, right? Status quo, another mm-hmm. S word, status quo goes with being steady. And But I think what's really important is that what we're really good at as an S is that we are not only patient and loyal, but we begin to ask the how questions. You mentioned you know, the I being the person to ask the who questions and the D of being the person to ask the what questions. Well, I, as an S, you know, or many of our listeners who are S's may be asking how questions, right? You know, and, and I guess, Kelly, for that, how questions, why is it important that we ask how? You know, Simon Sinek says start with why, but why should we add the how to it? Well, I think, again, you're, you're I love what you said, I'd never ever thought about the word status quo with the S, but you're spot on. And that is, uh, S people. And actually Samuel, you often ask me how questions, how are we going to do this? Uh, uh, because I'm an, I, I'm, I love creativity. I love the journey. Come on, Samuel, we'll get there. Let's go on a road trip, but you know, how are we going to pay for it? Or, uh, where are we going to go? Those how questions in terms of, um, because when you ask, a, uh, when they ask how questions, they want, they want things to be even keeled and steady in their lives. And if you're married to an S, they yeah. want things to be steady in your life as well, because they can see it may be in different ways that it's not. Yep, I said, and I agree with that because at the end of the day, like I want to be able to to process anything before we move. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if we're we're moving forward, especially me and my marriage with my wife. If we're moving forward with, you know, trying to navigate home buying or trying to navigate, you know, where we're where we're going to, you know, be generous at, um, it's important to process for me how we're going to do that. And then for you, you can make it make sense why. But for me, I want to know how. And so that is helpful and maybe helpful for our listeners as well to know that that's what they're doing. Um, just a couple points uh, for those who are in the, the steady in the S segment of the disc. You know, I think it's really important that you really become genuinely interested. You know, if you're if you're working with a steady person, become genuinely interested in them as a person. You know, if you're disinterested in me, you know, as a, as a S it's going to show. And I'm going to probably feel like you're being conflictual <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with a person like me. Uh, in addition, you know, it's going to be really important that you give us time to adjust, to change. Again, if we don't like to be out of our routine, in fact, our routine gives us stasis, again, another S word, mm. then <laughs> it begins to be really important that, you know, give us time, allow us to adjust, and then we'll get on the program wherever you're trying to go, especially if you're a DNI. <laughs> and and then I think it's important that, you know, you know, you help recognize and appreciate us for our achievements as well as don't, you know, necessarily always uh, hurry us up and pressure us to get things done. Because in it, if you're going to have a new idea, if you're going to have a new suggestion, a new thought, we want to take time to recognize what the potential plot holes are, problems are, issues are, and navigate those things, again, process, to be able to then get a clearer picture of how to move forward with whatever the issue is, especially in the context of marriage. And in that, then, you can then like, oh, you know what? I'm glad you did that. I really appreciate you bringing that point up because I may not have seen that had we not a process. So I would think those are really important things to think about as a person in the S segment and helping and supporting them. That's a great overview, Samuel, of the S. Uh, so let's round this up. You're also a C. I am. 
So what is a who is a C on the disc? Yeah, a C, a conscientious person, conscientiousness, right? And in conscious conscientiousness, you can say that seven times fast. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> a conscientious person is very private to themselves analytical, logical. If you talk about which one was stronger for me, it was the C. <laughs> mm. and, and in many relationships, maybe you're finding someone who is just super skeptical and is moderately paced in the realm of how they deal with you as a spouse or how they navigate issues or problems. Um, that's just because, you know, again, C words, they're just concerned. They're cautious. You know, mm. they want to make sure the plan that you go ahead with is correct. And, and we're going to check on that because we want to make sure we're accurate in the way that we do things. We want to make sure that we're systematic in the way that we do things as a conscientious person. Um, and I think the, the pluses of that is the fact that, you know, if we're going to navigate, um, again, let's just talk about some of the issues in marriage, you know, money, uh, sex, uh, communication pieces. If we're going to navigate that, guess what? I'm probably on the conscientious side going to have details, proof. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have an analysis of why we deal with what we do. In fact, why questions are the things that C's often are really good at asking. Really good at asking because they're going to make sure that the relationship in regards to things that you're working through, plus or minus, have a qualitative and accurate focus. And so, therefore, if you are uh, maybe like a, uh, you know, a D and you're you're feeling like, man, you didn't present a good argument. I'm going to look at you and be like, excuse me. (laughs) That's that's the whole aspect of who I am. That's my whole process is that I am going to be very qualitative before I present anything in a conversation being a C. And in that, most people will find that. You know, if they're being criticized, that's that's not going to do good for that personality spectrum for themselves, because in many cases, C's don't appreciate criticism for their efforts because they believe they've been very uh, systematic and accurate in terms of thinking about what a problem or a position is. That's great, Samuel. So one uh, for our listeners. uh one of the things I highly recommend you do is go take an online test or take the actual disc test. I think it's about 20 to $25 a copy. Um, but I think it can really help you um, figure out a, who you are and B who your spouse is. So when you're talking about the disc, there's usually, um, in a, in almost all cases, here's the um, two that often go together. So today you've heard that I'm a DI, Samuel is an SC. Uh, the other two, um, and this is also unique to parenting. Uh, at some point we should do a DISC uh, podcast on parenting. But uh, my son Josiah is an IS. So that's another two that can connect. And then my uh, other son, Micah, is in a DC. And uh, so he is a D and a C. Uh, funny story about that, Samuel. For years, when I would talk to clients about this, I would tell them, you will never find an IC or a DS. Hmm. I found one. Wow. Yeah, one many years ago, uh, I was working with somebody who worked at Ada, and she took the disc and she came into my office and showed it to me, and she came out as an IC, and I looked at her and I said, "You did the test wrong," <laughs> and uh, uh, I said to her, "I've never seen an IC," and uh, we processed for a while, and the more and more she talked, I'm like. Uh, she maybe is an IC. I, I didn't think this was possible, but I always thought they were polar, polar opposite. And then I asked her an intriguing question, which again brought back to uh, how polar opposites are attracted to one another. I said to her, so if you're an IC, and she'd been married for a few years, sure. I said, that means your husband is a DS. Mm. Has he taken the disc and did he come out as a DS? 
And she looked at me with a big smile and she said, yep, my husband is a DS. So I've seen it once in 25 years. But again, that is to illustrate dramatically how polar opposites are attracted to one another. And so I think it's a very important thing and aspect that couples need to really address in their marriage. And, uh, and I think it'll be very, very helpful for them and will help them connect better as couples. Wow. So this is, this has been amazing. And, and I think that, you know, there's probably one question that is sitting out there for our listeners. They've heard us talk about this, this polar opposite, you know, this rule of attraction in a sense um, between couples. Kelly, here's the question of the day for some of our listeners, potentially. What happens when two people are the same on a disc in marriage? Um, number one, it doesn't happen very often. Okay. Uh, and you never, ever find somebody who is exactly like you. The cool thing is you never, ever go, like an SC never, ever goes and marries another SC. Um, There is, you bring up a great point, Samuel. There are some people like you and I, when we take the disc, it's very prominent. You can see the difference. Sure. Um, There's two scores that are very high and two scores that are very low. Sure. Um, But sometimes what happens is people can score more in the mid range. And so they're not as prominent. Yeah. And often what happens is you'll have two people who are like that. They will marry one another. Mm -hmm. And as we talked about before, if you take the disc and say, like, again, uh, recently I met with a couple and they they were. They were high on the D, high on the S, high on the C. But as a couple, they really didn't have a lot of I. And one of the negatives of that couple is, A, when things go wrong, they maybe won't reach out for help. Mm. So if that would be you, you've got to kind of go outside of your personality. And we do this all the time. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Julie has to go out of outside of her personality for the job that she has. You sometimes need to go outside of your personality and the job that you have. Sure. And same thing with me. I have to do it as well. And so sometimes we have to go outside of our personality and reach out for help. Um, or maybe not help is not the right word. We have to reach out for influence. And so for those couples, that's that's what I would recommend. Okay. So that's super helpful um, to understand that. And uh, if you are uh, our list, one of our listeners um, and you haven't subscribed yet to uh, Together, hopefully today is a indicator of how important it is to subscribe to these type of conversations to better enhance and equip your marriage for success. And so, again, um, this has been Together for myself, Sammy Jones, and host, Dr. Kelly Bonniewell. Um, if you'd like to get a hold of us later, um, again, you can email us at care at adababa.org, and uh, we would be glad to service and support you in your marriage. Come back and listen to us again for Together. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope that you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, email us at care at adabible.org.